Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Steam Up the Classroom. Today we have a very special guest, and I also have a little co-host with me today. <laughs> um, my baby is joining us because he has awoken from his nap a little earlier than expected, so uh, if you hear any little grunts or anything like that, that's him. Um, so today's guest is Jennifer George, and I'm so excited because she's the granddaughter of Rube Goldberg. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Tori. I'm very excited to be here. I love the name of your podcast. Will you please tell us about yourself and, and how um, Rube Goldberg is an, you know, an amazing person and, and tell, him, tell us all about his story too. Okay, well, um, I, Rube Goldberg was my grandpa. Uh, and he was a cartoonist, um, but his engineering training sort of informed his work, and uh, he's no, best known for his crazy contraptions that accomplish a simple task in an overly complicated and humorous way. So, um, or as Jimmy Kimmel described it, um, a, a giant colossal waste of time and, and <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, in, in this sort of world of STEM and STEAM and the focus on machine thinking and building, uh, his, his work has become synonymous with, um, uh, with STEM and STEAM. And it was, it was there long before the acronym existed. Uh, and, you know, kids these days, um, especially from as young as, like, third grade are learning simple machines and oftentimes they are uh, learning about my grandfather at the same time and then if they have ambitious teachers um, they usually set out to build a Rube Goldberg machine and the kind of interesting fact uh, of the matter is that my grandfather never actually built the machines that he's known for. Oh, no way! Um, he yeah. threw them. He only drew them, and they were written up as um, he drew them in the form of patent applications. So, uh, and because he was trained, uh, he went to UCAL Berkeley and graduated with uh, a degree in engineering. Granted, it was a long time ago; it was 1904. <laughs> um, but in theory, his machines would work. Um, but they were very absurdist and. Uh, his goal was not so much to have the machine work as to make the reader laugh. And um, so when kids are learning how to build machines, you know, the little kids are just very excited to get, you know, the kind of chain reaction thing working. Uh, but by the time you're in high school, you know, you have the chops, hopefully, to not only have the machine work, but have it uh, have a theme and make it funny and um, give it some of the bells and whistles that a Rube Goldberg machine is known for. That's amazing. So you grew up with a very creative family? Well, I, um, I did. Uh, my, my grandfather was a cartoonist. He had two sons. Um, his oldest son, Tom, uh, was a painter, an abstract painter. Um, and my father, George George, uh, <clears throat> was a theatrical producer and um, 
a writer. He wrote uh, at the dawn of television shows like Gunsmoke, The Rifleman, Bonanza, and then he went on to produce um, movies like The James Dean Story with Bob Altman and oh, wow. uh, My Dinner with Andre, um, which is sort of a cult classic. And then his last, he did some a bunch of shows on Broadway, but the last show that was sort of his creation was a show called Memphis and that won the best musical Tony gosh about seven years ago I think it was oh my yeah so unfortunately my dad didn't live long enough to see that happen but but I did so it was very very gratifying yeah that's amazing and I was a fashion designer uh, for most of my career, and um, and then my kids. My son is a comedy writer, and he works full time at Comedy Central. And he just wrote an episode of The Simpsons. No way! Very exciting. Yep. Yeah. Um, his name is Max Cohn, and my daughter is a filmmaker, and she just had her first feature film at the Tribeca Film Festival this past uh, April. Wow! So. Um, I, I do, you know, people, before I had kids, I, I wasn't sure if creativity really ran in the family, you know, if it, if it runs in families. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it can, and I think it also can be nurtured. Um, so. Well, when I asked you if your family was creative, <laughs> I was expecting you to say, yeah, we did a lot of crafting together. <laughs> but you're, wow, everyone in your family is doing such incredible things. It's 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 fun to be around this crazy life of ours. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you never know what's going to be going on in the apartment that I raised my kids, and I don't know. It's 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 kind of organized chaos, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a room machine. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's, yeah, I mean, I feel like many people's lives are organized chaos, and, and yours are organized chaos, but with lots of creativity. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's, it really is fun. That's so cool. Um, so, I would love to talk to you about advice that you have for teachers, because um, you mentioned um, that a lot of teachers are, um, that into, <laughs> Excuse you. Integrate. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying oh, to keep him moving. He really wants to touch the keyboard. <laughs> oh. What's his name? Uh, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Um, so, anyway, um, you talked about teachers who um, teach uh, their students about Rube Goldberg and Simple Machines, and I am actually doing that um, starting right after um, Christmas break. Um, the third graders in my school, because I'm a STEAM teacher, so I see all of the students in my school, grades three to six, Awesome. And um, and we have cycles of five days in a row that I work with them, and then they go to a different specialist teacher, like gym or art or something like that, for the next five days, and then it rotates until I get them back again. It's usually about six to eight weeks, depending on the schedule. Um, so anyway, the next cycle that I have um, is uh, all about Rube Goldberg. So this is perfect timing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so that's right after break? Yep. Fantastic. And um, 
that well I'll talk a little bit about you know teaching room in the classroom and how you know when you when you have kids that get bitten by the bug um, it's wonderful to be able to take that core group of kids and maybe have them decide if they want to take on the extra challenge of participating in the Rube Goldberg machine contest which is sort of our official way of bringing Rube into sort of a competitive arena, bringing kids together from all across the country um, and, and even beyond because we do extend it. Uh, there is an online competition. Um, so basically, you, if you're doing the online, you'll be competing against teams from as far away as Shanghai and Jerusalem. <laughs> Oh, wow. It's really, it's a wonderful thing. Um, so there really is a great community um, that wraps themselves around this and gets into it. Um, and it's, it's for three different age groups. So we have uh, the apprentice division, which is ages 8 to 11. And then 11 to 14 is division one. And then 14 to 18 is division two. And <laughs> so there's slight different changes in the rules for each age group, make it a little harder, more challenging. Mm -hmm. um, and there's always one single theme, uh, or and nothing but task rather, mm -hmm. uh, for each year. So last year it was put money in a piggy bank. And we had a lot of farm theme machines. Really? Uh, well, yeah, because they Oh, because Peggy? Peggy and... and oh. um, and we had some kitchen theme machines and we had some Star Wars theme machines. I mean, you never know what the kids are going to come up with. Um, but this year it's turn off a light as opposed to turn on a light. So we're, we're conserving energy um, and messaging to our, to our, to our gang. Um, so think of all the narratives uh, or themes that each machine could have that wraps itself, you know, around turn off a light. So I'm looking forward to seeing anything from a good night moon machine to, I don't know, a football arena and the lights, you know, finally at the end of the game get turned out. So um, it should be really fun. Yeah. When is the competition, um, when, are, when is everything Dubai? Um, well, there are regionals all around the country. And the regionals tend to mostly be at the end of January, February, and March. And then the finals, if you place, uh, first and second place are um, able to come to finals, and that's April 4th. Oh, and cool. that's in uh, Lawrenceburg, Indiana, which is about 20 minutes from Cincinnati. So it's easy enough to get to, um, even if you're on the east or west coast, uh, sort of in the middle there. And it's, a, it's just an amazing weekend, and the kids have a great time. That sounds amazing. I wish I could be a fly on the wall. <laughs> Well, maybe you can. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'll, maybe you're one of your kids will want to do a team. Yeah, I know. I, you telling me about this competition, and I know we had um, chatted a little bit before um, when we were trying to set up the podcast and everything. I've been looking into it, so it's definitely something I'm going to tell my students about, especially since my plan for the unit, which I've never done um, a Rube Goldberg unit before, but my plan is for the students, um, we're going to learn about um, who he was and how he came um, to be, and then we're going to um, draw ideas on different uh, machines and then hopefully implement them. So I'm going to have supplies 
um, that they'll have to choose from so that they won't be able to um, draw pictures with supplies that we don't really have unless they want to bring it from home um, and then I'll be, I have so much stuff in the steam lab so hopefully they'll be able to use all the um, the goodies that I have and there are lots of cardboard and, um, and all sorts of things to build when you're when you're creating a Rube Goldberg machine and if you do um, have the opportunity let's say to go onto rubegoldberg.com go through the gallery of inventions and really look at what he used because he used many many everyday objects um, and those he would turn them upside down and put them on their head and and use them in a kinetic way that they weren't initially intended for so think about for example when I do Skype in the classroom um, I'll talk to a class and I'll always hold up a lint roller and everybody knows what a lint roller is but if you really look at one there are many different ways you could use it for in a transfer of energy so you could use it almost like a wheel you could use it for the sticky stuff and turn let's say a newsprint page to again forward momentum it they usually have a hole at the top you could swing it like a pendulum so it, it, that lint roller could be used so many different ways yeah um, and I recommend looking at the best of like show them a lot of videos because every video will give a kid like ah, a new idea um, even just an umbrella opening or uh, a fan blowing you know something across a, an aquarium tank I mean there's there's so many examples, countless examples um, that they could kind of look at and get inspired by. Yeah, and I'm. Um, this is the first time that I've had these third graders because they come to um, the school is for three to six graders, um, and just the difference because this will be the third cycle that I have them for. Um, so just the difference between the first cycle and the third cycle of how they think differently in the steam lab and the kids that I've had for a few years now, the difference between their first time in the steam lab versus now, it's so incredible. And it's one of my favorite parts of the job to see how their thinking changes and how their problem solving changes. And, um, a lot of times kids are like, well, can't you just do it for me? Or can't you just tell me how this is supposed to work? <laughs> And they get so frustrated at me when I'm like, no, you can do it. You can problem solve. You can go outside the box. It is trial and error. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are really like watching, seeing what isn't working, and then have the skills to observe that and will have ideas of how to fix it. Um, and really when you're, it's, it's almost anything that you're doing, whether you're coding, whether you're writing, um, whether the anatomy of just telling a joke, right? Mm -hmm. There's, you know, the introduction, the setup, and the punchline. I mean, it's it, there's a payoff, and with chain reaction machines like this, there it's the same thing. So it is an incredible introduction into the way things work and problem solving. So I I hope that you know part of what I love is that it attracts not just the science kids, it attracts everyone. Mm -hmm. and it should sort of feel kind of interdisciplinary in that sense. When I've been uh, researching for this curriculum cycle, 
um, I came across the music video for OK Go. Did, yeah. Have you ever seen that? I'm uh, sure you have. About 5,000 times. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't wait to show the students because they're going to be so excited um, with that whole video because it's just such an awesome thing to watch. Well, you should also watch um, Joseph's Machines and watch what he does because I think he he does marvelous, wonderful uh, Rube Goldberg machines. Um, and my grandfather's machines used, usually had a person in them. Mm -hmm. And while your kids are still, the third grade's still a little young, by the time you're in high school, I think you can attempt to wrap your machine or incorporate a human into your machine. So uh, while animals are not allowed, human animals are. <laughs> But they can't, they, it has to sort of work around them. They can't hit anything. Mm -hmm. You know, they can't, it has to, they have to be part of the narrative almost. Yep. A really good one to watch is uh, the Rube Goldberg machine that was on Jimmy Kimmel um, for Zip a Zipper. Fun one. And then if you want to get to a really crazy one, there's the parkour guys. Uh, that do very extreme, like gigantic swinging from building to building kind oh, of Goldberg machines. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely look over and find uh, these different videos to show the kids. Um, on, on our website, we do have a link that we, we have an area for videos where you can find most of the ones I mentioned. Oh, sweet. Perfect. Um, what's your website? Just so everyone knows. RubeGoldberg.com. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> so, um, I know you mentioned that you are, um, a fashion designer and I was wondering if I could just pick your brain a little bit, sidetrack from Rube Goldberg to fashion designing. Sure. Absolutely. So I have, um, I've been running a club for the first time. Um, it's called Girls Who Steam. So it's, it's a, a club where it's 28 girls and we do all sorts of quote-unquote girly things in steam and I found that a lot of um, the time when I would run clubs and I usually do two clubs in the fall two clubs in the spring and then I do camps all summer a lot of the times I would have if I had 12 boys I mean 12 kids I'd have 10 boys and two girls or if I would run a camp with 20 people it would be you know 15 16 boys and a few girls so I, I didn't have a lot of girls that would sign up and they would always tell me that they wanted to but they would shy away when they realized that there was a lot of boys signing up so that's how the girls who steam came to be um, as well as the um, administration you know wanting to have more girls feel comfortable to pursue um, and so I thought, well, let's start a club. Um, so one of the things that we have been doing is sewing. And I am learning how to sew. I know very basic sewing skills with sewing machines. And I've been trying my best to teach as we go along. And one of the things that we've been doing is scrunchies. And they've been coming out so cute. And they're so excited because everybody has scrunchies now, all, all the kids have scrunchies, girls have the scrunchies, boys have the scrunchies, and they all have yeah, sleeves yeah. of them. <laughs> so funny. So when I told them that we were making scrunchies, they were ecstatic. What do you think would be a good, um, a good project to do after scrunchies? 
because now they want more. <laughs> like, all right, I need to start working on my skills for another new idea. And I've been searching and trying to think of something. And now that we're talking. Does it have to talking, be a unisex thing? Uh, no. Um, I mean, it, it has to be simple. So straight lines of sewing is my guess what's best. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I found that designing and sewing aprons, mm -hmm. uh, whether they're work aprons for like a workshop or cooking aprons or, uh, you know, even nursing aprons, um, but, but aprons, multi-utility aprons, because the pockets have to be just so, the, the, the ties that wrap around have to be a certain length, or there are unique ones that crisscross that you don't have to tie. And they might come up with some really interesting designs. So that's something. That that's a great idea. Could, and again, if they're kind of multi-purpose, you could do them in sort of heavier fabric, and maybe they hold, you know, tools that are that are necessary for the kids in the rest of your, you know, STEM steam world. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, sewing. It's funny now that you mention it. Um, so I went to Parsons. Um, I also went to design school in, in Paris for a while and uh, you can look up some of my work on my website, but, um, I never sewed. I drew everything. Just oh, wow. Like <laughs> so, um, and the funny thing is, and then I sort of transitioned to jewelry later and, uh, unlike my grandfather before me. Uh, both of us had our work featured at the Smithsonian. Oh wow! Congrats. So I was I was included in the um, in the Burning Man exhibit. I had the only piece of jewelry in that. Wow, that's amazing. Um, you know, I think it's funny. I think you know when you're when you're actually tasked to make something, and I was in school. I had to sew in school. Uh, mostly hand sewing. I didn't, I, I just knew that I was always going to be drawing things. I was not going to be actually sitting behind the sewing machine, even though I knew how it should be sewn and when it wasn't sewn correctly. <laughs> so um, it's hard for me to actually really consider tasks I, I for you guys or, or ideas. I, I have made aprons in the past and that's one of the things that I, I think why it came to mind. Um, what's another thing that you could do? Uh, well, there's always blankets and scarves and quilting, but that's a whole other thing, you know, mm -hmm. quilting. Um, I love it, but it's, uh, what's lovely is each person can work on a square and then you can put the whole thing together. And again, it's like, think of, whether it's chain reaction or so everybody's working on one element or two elements, then you put it all together and you can see the whole. Mm -hmm. so that might be a nice thing for the kids too. Yeah. Or maybe even doing something like that and then donating the, the quilts. Yeah. Someone. Donating it to a homeless shelter or a women's group, you know, women who are 
um, in need of shelter or housing. Yeah. yeah. That's a great yeah. idea. That's a nice idea too. Yeah. Well, thanks. Well, I hope it helps. I, I don't know, but I hope. Yeah, no, it, it, it is very helpful. It's just, it's nice to be able to um, talk things out and, um, and, just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be exciting for the girls because they're so excited about it. And this is really the first time a lot of them have been um, well, we've had, comfortable. We've had our, a bunch of all-girl teams at the Rube Goldberg competitions. Yeah, I love it. That's and, awesome. Uh, it's fun because, well, they get to get, you know, there's an introduction to the machines. Um, so the kids who are sort of the thespians of the class. You want to get them involved and they get to be in costume that relates to the theme of the machine and uh, the introduction <coughs> can't be more than two minutes. So it has to be sort of succinct and it's really an introduction to the girls, the class, the machine, as opposed to uh, don't, don't walk us through the steps of the machine because we'll see it. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing is that, um, and I didn't mention this, you asked for the time frame. Uh, the the online competition it ends in in May, so there's you actually have longer, and you get to trick out a whole room, depending upon the age level you are. So it doesn't have to live in a ten by ten by ten. Oh, cool! Box that has to travel, uh, but you do have, there are parameters to the filming of it. It can't be a bunch of hot shots. That's awesome! Oh, that sounds really cool. So anyway, I hope maybe somebody listening would like to 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 get involved. We also <clears throat> one other thing I should mention, um, we have just uh, created <laughs> a partnership with a company called Tech T E Q, and they are putting together curriculum modules called iBlocks for Rube Goldberg, and oh, wow. um, it's really a roadmap for teachers and how to teach. Rube in the classroom. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, they're very, very, it's very exciting work they're doing. And they will have uh, eye blocks for uh, lower school, middle school, and high school. That's amazing. And will it be up on your website when they're ready? Uh, when they're ready. I think they're aiming for end of January. Oh, ooh. Yeah. That's great. Ooh, definitely. Um, and this podcast will come out in January, so that'll be perfect timing. Yeah, we'll have links to that on our website and sort of the banner scroll. And um, and if anybody wants to get on to our newsletter, we we usually do blasts about things like this. Awesome. And there's um there's another exciting thing that's happening too. You have the um the touring museum. Yep, we have two museum shows that are up at the moment. Um, the grown-up show, which is called the Art of Rube Goldberg, which is. Uh, about 150 works from my grandfather, all of which at one point or another were under my bed. Um, <laughs> wow. Much better, but not framed. <laughs> my bed would have been very high. Um, so uh, anyway, that is at the Queens Museum. So if any of your uh, listeners are going to be coming uh, to New York City, and uh, especially if you fly into LaGuardia or Kennedy, you pass the Queens Museum on the way into town. Um, it's a great show. Will that eventually tour the, um, the United States too? This is actually the last stop. It's been on nine, at nine venues. Oh, no way. Uh, well, but, uh, now it will go off to, um, 
take a rest because you can't uh, have the the drawing white all the time. And um, and then it will probably be back out on the road again, but parsed out in tandem with the children's museum exhibit, which is currently in Davenport, Iowa. And next stop, it's all on our website. I can't remember where the next stop is, but it's booked till 2023. So oh wow, it's, it's zigzagging back and forth forth across the country. I'll have to look to see if it's ever in uh, the Boston area. Um, I think they're planning to bring it to Boston, but it's going to be in 24 or 25. I know we're in talks with some folks there. Oh wow. Okay. Well, definitely a field trip. For, definitely for a field trip. Now. Yeah. And, and just for, for also, I, I do podcasts and uh, not podcasts. I, yes, I'm doing it right now with you, but <laughs> I do um, Skype in the classroom, which is really fun. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. I feel like that would be such an amazing experience for they, the kids they, and the teachers. <laughs> yeah. Beam me in and the kids are great. Um, the little kids always have great questions. I, there was a, a funny story. I was doing uh, the foreword for a book on Foolish Questions, which was a strip of my grandfather's, uh, probably his first success. Um, because, you know, even though he's known for these crazy contraption drawings, there are apparently 50,000 cartoons in his uh, life's work. Wow. And, um, and I would say 90% of them are not contraption drawings. Um, so anyway, foolish questions. I, I was asked to do the forward. I didn't know how to begin or what it should be. And luckily I was doing a, a Skype in the classroom and this little kid came up to the, you know, to the computer and, you know, very nervously, he said, <coughs> when did you learn you were Rube Goldberg's granddaughter? <laughs> I was like, well, uh, you know, and it got me thinking, and I thought, you know, that's the beginning of my essay on Foolish Questions. That's so cute, though. It was very cute. That's such a kid question to ask. I know. When did you find out? <laughs> so. Anyway, it was a great launching point. Oh, um, how can, so you've mentioned the website. Is there any way, any way else that um, people can follow you? Uh, yep. We've got Instagram, we've got Twitter, we've got Facebook and all the, like all those little icons um, are there on our website. So if you want to make it easy, cause I never know which one is the official Rube Goldberg or they sometimes have a little, thing at the front because mm -hmm. uh, so, believe it or not there there are many different Rube Goldbergs out there uh, <laughs> and, but we are the official so if you want to uh, kind of follow us and check in um, it's great to go to the website and just click on everything perfect and it sounds like you have so many resources on there for anyone looking to integrate Rube into their classroom or their life and, and there's, there are a few, few other things I'll tell you about for, for teachers. Um, we have a book that came out a couple of years ago. It's called uh, Rube Goldberg's Simple, Normal, Humdrum School Day. And uh, Ed Steckley, our, an illustrator in New York City, uh, created a Rube Goldberg character, a, a little boy character. And you see all the contraptions that help him get through his day. Um, and that, that, we have about 30 pages of free curriculum that attaches to the book. Oh, wow. 
use it in the classroom uh, to teach simple machines and beyond. Um, so that also lives on the website. Um, we, what else did I want to tell you? There's something else. So that's the one, one other thing for teachers. Oh, we have these, um, we have bags that are, they're kind of tabletop build bags. Uh, they're in our store. And what's lovely about them, if you bring in a bunch of junk, have every kid like ask their mom or dad or aunt or uncle or grandma or grandpa uh, for something they're throwing out. Could be a tea kettle, a spoon, a bowl, a, you know, anything, uh, some electronic thing. And have them bring it in um, and put it all on a giant table and let the kids pick the, the elements they want to work with. And then you take this bag that we have and it has all the elements to connect the junk and make it into a Rube Goldberg machine. Oh, wow. So that's also on the website. That's really cool. <laughs> it's very cool. I'm very proud of it. Yeah, that's such a great idea. Um, that's, I think that's sort of, is that it? Top to bottom. Well, that's, this has been amazing. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I know um, my baby has enjoyed it. Oh, <laughs> smiling. Um, and I, I just, this has been really cool. I feel like I have so many ideas right now, and I can't believe that it's a day. It's, we just started break today, so I feel like, what oh, no, I, like, I need to go back to work and go write down all this oh. stuff. <laughs> well, it's funny, Tariq, because um, there's uh, one woman in New Jersey and she's leading a, a team to um, the competition there and they did it last year and her kids are so excited and every time they drive past I don't know it's like the day that they're picking up the garbage they can't go more than like half a mile without the kids saying pull over mom <laughs> like they have to jump out and get like something that's been dumped on the side of the road and put it in the car and ah it's going in the machine. That's so funny. As um, I have a friend, and um, and she's been on the podcast a few times, Mandy Figlioli, and she wrote a book called Miss Mickey and the Magic, um, the Magic Bin. And uh, in the book, the the teachers and the students chant "Trash is treasure," and I feel like that is the epitome of trash is treasure. <laughs> it is, and trash is ideas. Trash is gold. Yeah. Uh, the um, the other thing is that there's a book that came out this year. We it, it wasn't we didn't put it out, but um, another woman did, and it's uh, it's called it's called what is it called? It's like Rube Goldberg something. Oh gosh, I can't believe it! I just ordered it and put it on a shelf. It's it's Rube's biography, and it follows him. And um, it's very cute. And the drawings are beautiful. So I really, um, I do love it. I think we have it on our site as well. But you can, you can find it. Just Google it. <laughs> <It's there. laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on my podcast. I'm so glad you did. Oh, my pleasure. It's called Just Like Rube Goldberg. That's oh, it. perfect. Um, so thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. And right before the holidays and... Um, and I really, I wish you all the best of luck with your kids and the third graders and the Rube Goldberg section that you're doing with them. Thank you. I will definitely tag uh, Rube Goldberg when I post pictures of what oh, the yes. kids make. We love seeing that. And um, 
And if you want me to beam into your classroom, um, just email us. That's amazing. I definitely I am going where to. Where do we email you? Well, you go to the website. <laughs> and uh, it's, you email Rube at Rube Goldberg. And that's how you get through this. Perfect. Okay. All well, right. Again, did we touch everything? I think we did. Okay. Well, have a great night. Have a happy holiday.